Hello everyone, welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own local program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Belmont Police Chief Richard McLaughlin retires at the end of this month. The entire town is bidding him farewell and appreciation. The Belmont Journal's Chet Messer had an opportunity to sit down and chat with the chief about his years as police chief and about his hopes for the future. At a very young age, I always wanted to be a police officer. And, uh, you know, I've fulfilled my dream and living it. And as I often say, too, I never in, in my wildest dreams anticipated being a police chief. A former Belmont selectman. Dave and I are going to give a joint presentation here. I mean, are we, I just want to draw attention to what this document is, but this is actually a joint resolution of both branches of the legislature, uh, which is the least we can do to cap what is a very significant and distinguished career. I truly feel it. Now, Dave, to, to read the resolution. Um, congratulating Richard McLaughlin on the occasion of his retirement as chief of police department in the town of Belmont. Whereas Richard McLaughlin is retiring as chief of the Belmont Police Department after more than 39 years of public service. Congratulations. Vice Chair of the Select Board, Adam Dash, is going to speak next. Thank you. Uh, the Select Board has a proclamation on behalf of the town of Belmont to the chief. Uh, you will be sorely missed. Um, from the town of Belmont, Massachusetts, Select Board Proclamation. Whereas, because of the many important contributions that Police Chief Richard McLaughlin has made in his service to the town of Belmont, his dedication to the highest standards of professionalism and excellence, he is deserving of special recognition. By the Select Board, Thomas Caputo Chair, Adam Dash Vice Chair, Roy Epstein Member, December 16, 2019. And to see if, in fact, you know, have I made a difference? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I think, honestly, as a, as a department, we've made some great strides. Uh, we've, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, collectively we've done that I think has made our department a better place. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in having a happy work environment, and I, I stress that. It's uh, because I think if people are happy with what they're doing, they're going to be more productive. Uh, I love what I do, and uh, I want to make sure other people feel that same thing. And as I said, it's, I, I guess that's a big part of why I'm a little apprehensive as far as you know, going and leaving and saying, okay, did, did, I, did I do a good job? Did I leave? It's a place a little better than what I found. It's truly an honor and privilege to be here. And by the way, this is the safest place to be in America. <laughs> and um, I think one of the things that uh, people notice about you, and I certainly do, and I think everyone here does, is you are truly a gentleman. And you treat people with respect. You use public safety to reflect who you are, which is to help people. Everything you did was to make Belmont a better place. And you certainly have left Belmont in a better place um, over your years here. And I know that people appreciate that. So with that, I truly will say, may you have a very long, happy, and healthy retirement.
to this week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald. Joanna, Pleasant Street is becoming the location of uh, Belmont's retail uh, marijuana dispensaries. Looks that way. Can it you bring it us looks up? that way. So you know that Pleasant Street, part of Pleasant Street, has been zoned for recreational retail marijuana. They, they, they decided this at town meeting, I forget when, a couple of years ago. <laughs> Two years ago, yes. Yeah, so it hasn't taken very long. The town has received a second letter of intent from a prospective applicant. The first letter was received back in October from Calverde Naturals, a Winchester-based couple that want to open at 1010 Pleasant Street, which is owned by the Tachi family. This n second letter that was received, the company's called Mint Retail Facilities, they, they are owned by an Arizona man. His name is Ivan Shahara. And he currently, he's a medical cannabis operator, operation expert. He has two dispensaries already operating in Arizona. He's also in the process of getting a cultivating and manufacturing license for Palmer and Beverly, Mass. And to make clear, the, the application in Belmont is for the recreational dispensary, not for a medical right. dispensary. Right. And also, to be clear, he has his eye on a different location than the Winchester-based um, company. He's looking at 768 Pleasant Street, where Lenny's gas station currently is, and that's owned by the, the owner of the gas station. And so what is he going to sell? Products. Um, people that may not be familiar with it, they, they sell flowers, they sell extracts. Um, edibles and accessories that go along with with all of those things from what I understand and I, I found it interesting that you walk in it's yep. uh, it's locked from the inside oh, so you be locked at all times and uh, there's nothing on display nothing will be everything will be all the products are out of plain sight and locked so that you know someone who walks in doesn't have access to them, only authorized employees. There'll be a buzz-in system, so the facility will be locked in at all times. There'll be a buzz-in system. Their business plan includes plans for parking, uh, odor control, which you know I, I didn't realize you, you need when you have a marijuana facility. Apparently, it will smell. <laughs> um, and, and this is... <laughs> This is the second application. The first one to Belmont came. Well, they're in not in applications. These are letters of intent. So or they're letter, saying okay. they intend to apply, and this is the second one. And the town is in the process of working with town council to develop guidelines to follow. Since we've never done this before, right? But but there will be a special permit process with the planning board, and then there'll be a host community agreement that needs to be established. And the numbers I've seen show that the town can really expect a fair right. amount of revenue. Right, so this, this plan that was just submitted by Mint, and by the way, the establishment will be called Mint Dispensary, if it opens, and they are projecting 276000 the first year, a combined local marijuana tax and the community impact fee, which are both 3%, and then by year four, you're looking at 660000 projected revenue for the town. Okay, so what we're looking forward to is a, uh, a process that the town has never been through, but the public will have an opportunity yeah. to participate. And, uh, and I'm sure in 2020, this, this will be, there might even be a, a third or fourth letter of intent that the town receives, and then you'll, so there'll be a lot of public hearings and a lot of opportunity for public input. Great, thanks for bringing us up to date. Last Saturday was the Middlesex East Lego League Championship. 
six Belmont middle schoolers participated and their team tied for ninth best robot score out of the 48 teams in attendance. They also received the Innovative Solutions Award for their idea for lighting up sidewalk cracks. Coach Sterling, the middle school coach, also received the Best Coach Award. The Belmont Journal thanks Maribel Carvajal de Salazar, who brings us the story, and Coach Sterling for interviewing the middle school kids. Hello, we are here on the state's competition, and we have... Hi, I'm Andrew. What up, I'm Henry. Hi, I'm Mia. Hi, I'm Simric. I'm Quincy. I'm Brandon. We, we are, are the Mini Metropolis. Can you guys explain what are the four key points of First Lego League? What is a project? Project. Core values. Core values. Uh, presentation. In the robot. Presentation is part of that. Right, robot technique. Robot technique. What was the problem that you guys were trying to solve? Problem in our the problem in our town in Belmont is that there's like tree roots lifting the sidewalks so people can get injured. So our solution was to put this mold called silicone in the crack and LED lights uh, mold into it so people can see. And we also hook it up to a solar panel attached to a tree so that um, in the daytime it could get the solar energy in charge and at nighttime it can blow. I'm going to give you guys each a chance to talk about your favorite thing about the robot design from this year. Alright, so my favorite part of the robot is the design process no. of the robot. Um, so last year uh, we had a huge boxer in our robot. We designed a new um, robot and that's smaller, more lightweight, and balanced. My color is a gyro sensor so that when we're going forward we don't go to the side and that we can keep going straight. I like how attachments can slide on and off easily. Since this is a box robot, like there's almost like box, um, there's like a box around the robot, so attachments can slide in, on and off easily, so you can save time. Is it has two color sensors. The one follows the line and the other finds the line, and also we have a program called Color Stop 3, and it stops in a specific spot, and then you can know where you are in the map. My favorite thing about the robot is my attachment called the Hydroflask Combo, and it has three um, missions in one. My favorite thing about the robot is that we made it programmed to make it go straight, so that if it goes off course, it corrects itself, and like if you smack it, it will just like correct. And it's really cool to have because if you're going like, say, um, there's like a bump in the mat, it like it will knock, it might knock you off course. Then it just, it gets back on course. Hello everyone, welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, we're at the beginning of a new year. What do you think is going to be at the, the top of the list of issues to be talked about? Well, it's going to be a pretty interesting year, I think, in Belmont <clears throat> in 2020. And I think uh, the, the most significant um, uh, uh, forecast I can make is that, the, um, is that uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the override. And that is an override in November of 2020 uh, for about 6 to $7 million in operating expenses. This just shows um, uh, that Belmont is a um, community that can that uh, really has a structural uh, deficit. We really don't have the commercial spaces that a Lexington or a Watertown have that can 
basically you know fill your budget uh, so we have to go <laughs> we have we and we're constrained by proposition two and a half um, and when so you say this a structural deficit you just mean that costs increase at a rate higher than revenues that's do. right we're, we're limited in what we can do in terms of uh, uh, raising um, uh, taxes up uh, two and a half percent over the total value of what's what's in the town plus uh, new construction. Uh, we do have new construction going on right now over at Cushing Village, of course, uh, but we won't see anything in terms of um, uh, at uh, at the next big development, which is over at the, the McLeans. Um, that so we won't see anything come from that. Okay. Um, we have uh, elections <coughs> coming up. That's right. Uh, we do, and it's going to be, I think, a quiet year. I don't think there's, there's there's anybody who is going to be challenging some of the major seats, such as Adam Dash is going to will likely run. Um, there are two uh, school committee seats. Uh, Kate Bowen is running for one. There's an open seat. But other than that, I don't think somebody's going to challenge um, Floyd Carmen for treasurer <laughs> or, or, or Mike Widmer for moderator. Although with moderator, it would be interesting to see if somebody would want to take uh, um, uh, that challenge because I think that would be a, a And Mike lift. Widmer is running for re-election? He has. I've, I actually signed his paperwork. So. Okay. <laughs> so he's, he's running. He's up and running. <laughs> and uh, while we're talking about Mike, what about town meeting? Is there yeah, I think, about well, I think what we're going to see at town meeting is that we're going to see um, uh, the beginning of activism uh, by uh, groups that want to see change or, or want to see uh, a position um, uh, move forward rather than waiting for the select board or waiting for the town to move on something. Um, I, I understand that um, that the Energy Committee is... Uh, is uh, which we'll, I chair for that's full right. disclosure. Yes, uh, th th we'll be coming forward with a uh, proposal uh, on 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 carbon, uh, on reducing the carbon footprint in Belmont by uh, following what some communities are doing, such as Brookline, and that is um, saying no to any new uh, gas hookups. Now, I talked to somebody who who is quite uh, on the left side of the scale, and when I told him that proposal, he his mouth just opened up and he was going like this. So that might be a bit of a push. <laughs> for town meeting to move forward on that. But it's something that it, it, I think we'll, we'll see much more of uh, in terms of maybe affordable housing, you know, uh, uh, maybe make, making affordable housing much more prominent. Uh, we saw that in terms of the, uh, the McLean's. Yeah, and McLean, it, is McLean on your list? McLean, I don't think is, is on my list because I think everybody agrees that this is a good deal for everybody. So I think maybe you'll see activism on, on affordable housing in terms of, of, of making it much more of a certainty if you're building uh, uh, um, larger projects, not just smaller projects. Okay. So, so we'll see a little bit of that. I think also what you're going to see this year is movement on developments uh, such as the uh, uh, community path. Um, the ice skating rink, uh, maybe, maybe even the, the beginning of a, of a dateline for the Alexander underpass, which would be great, which was something that this town has been wanting for almost 50 years now. That's great. Well, thank you uh, very much. Uh, we'll see. Just because you make the prediction doesn't mean it's... Uh, it can all be wrong. That's right. <laughs> the Belmont Village Tenants Association helped families living in Belmont's public housing celebrate their holidays this year. The Belmont Journal sat down with Courtney Morton to learn about the multifaceted Christmas in the Village and about how the broader community participated. Christmas in the Village um, is a dream that I've had for many, many years of starting um, because Belmont doesn't have resources for low-income parents as do some towns like Boston and Cambridge. 
Tonight was a very magical night for myself and for many families in Belmont Village. We had people from Belmont Village come in and wrap numerous gifts for about four hours. We're distributing gifts of all different kinds, toys, clothing, gift cards, perfume, things like that. Oh my God, the community is beyond amazing. I went on a website on Facebook called Belmont Parents and I posted that I was running this fundraiser and I said if you want more information about the Christmas in the Village fundraiser inbox me and I'll give you you know our mission statement to let you know who we are being the Belmont Village Tenant Association and I will also give you what our plan is moving forward for each child and I had an outpour of community members that wanted to sponsor children who picked out certain gifts. I had a lovely child in Belmont specifically donate $300 from his bar mitzvah, um, which I thought was amazing because he took that money that he could have used on himself to donate to make like four kids happy. <laughs> because of the work that I've been doing with the Christmas in the Village, we also had a church called the UU Church on Concord Ave reach out to us and say, hey, let's throw a party. So due to this Christmas in the Village initiative, we ended up doing a holiday bash and we brought together families that normally wouldn't co-mingle with each other to spend an evening together with music and food and games and a mad science show. This is going to go for a child way too low. About... 40 people showed up, we ate lots of food, listened to music, danced, partied, played, and just enjoyed ourselves where we normally wouldn't have. Sophia will stop drawing on herself and maybe the walls. There you go, there's your wrapping paper. So due to everybody that's helped from Beacon to the pizza shops that donated pizza to Irene helping, to just the community coming together, it makes me want to do it again. For the past 51 years, the Belmont Lions Club has held its annual Christmas tree sale at the Lions Club down by Belmont Center. The Belmont Journal had an opportunity to sit down with Lions Club member Joe Griffin to learn about the ins and outs of organizing the tree sale. Well, this is our 51st year of selling trees here at the club. And we sell approximately 23, 2400 trees, 16, 1700 wreaths. Very labor intensive. As you can tell by we need the high school athletic teams to help us unload the trees. And then we stack them here and open them up one at a time as one tree sells. We cut up another one and open the bundle. Um, hopefully we're sold out by the 21st or 22nd. Uh, usually around October I send the order up to our supplier in Canada in terms of how many trees we want and of which height, which variation. We kind of look at historical, if we sold out uh, last year, we assume we'll sell out again this year. And based upon anecdotal evidence from the people that are selling them, see, maybe we should get 10% more eight or nine footers next year, or maybe we should get 3% less four footers. The market kind of shifts. So it's a balancing game every year, and I, I just try to guess correctly. Christmas tree sale number one provides us with a great source of revenue. It's our biggest fundraiser. 
and from that we give money back to the community in terms of scholarships for the high school students who support some of the athletic teams. Um, we take care of people who are indigent. There's always a half dozen or so a year that need eye examinations of glasses and we take care of that. And our biggest donation is to Lion's Eye Research, Mass Lion's Eye Research, who cumulatively awards grants over a million dollars a year to various eye research programs. The tip jar is we put out because people would always hand us money. Uh, a lot of them assume that you know we're doing this and we're getting compensated, that this is our job, so they give us a couple of dollars. Of course, we have to tell them that no, we're volunteers because you couldn't pay me enough to do this work. <laughs> Uh, so we put the jar out, and if somebody handed you two dollars, we'd say fine, we'll throw it in the jar. And whoever happens to be president of the club that year decides where the proceeds of the chip jar will go. So this year, the president Dal Murphy has decided the cancer center at Mass General Hospital. So we might raise fifteen hundred, two thousand, twenty-five hundred dollars, and then we make a presentation of that over and above our normal charity giving. After we sold all the trees and we closed down, we changed signs. And the sign we put up there, it says, thank you for helping us help others. And without the community support of supporting the Lions Club, we wouldn't have the revenue to give to the various charities and, and the goodwill that we provide the community. The Belmont High boys and girls basketball teams have taken to the court again for a new year. After last year's spectacularly successful season, hopes run high for the 2000-2020 Marauder teams. The Marauder basketball season is underway. The boys won their first two games. The girls lost to Lexington in their opener, but came back to beat Wilmington in double overtime, with Nina Minicosi scoring 32 points. Mac Annis scored 30 points in the Lexington game, but it was tied at 51 going into the fourth period. With Belmont leading by seven, number three, Alessandro scored a three-pointer for Lexington bringing them within four points. After a timeout and an exchange of positions, Alessandro drove to the hoop but was charged with an offensive foul. Belmont then moved the ball up the court and eventually found Sano under the basket for a two-pointer. Lexington then moved the ball up the court, trailing by six and Passed the ball to Adelisandro, and Alessandro drove to the hoop and was successful in completing a two-point play. In Belmont's next possession, Tyler Sapazian hit a three-pointer from the corner, putting Belmont up 71-64. A miss by Alessandro was rebounded by Mac Annis, who was fouled by a Lexington player as he headed down the court. He made good on his two free throws, putting Belmont up 73-64. A substantive three-point attempt by Amsel from the corner resulted in Sano's rebound, a pass to Mac Annis, who again was fouled, and made good on two free throws to make the score 75-64. Alessandro was successful on his next three-point attempt. On Sano's attempt to get a pass to Minicosi, Minicosi's jersey was held by a Lexington player. This resulted in Minicosi going to the foul line where he sank two free throws. Lexington's final attempt to score resulted in a wild shot by Alessandro, which was rebounded by Belmont and passed to Tyler Shapazian to run out the clock. 
The ice hockey season is underway for the Marauders as well, and the girls are now 2-0 with wins over Wilmington and Medford. The boys lost to Wilmington in their opener. Welcome to this week's community calendar. You can sign your child up for a number of winter workshops at Pinecones and Needles in the coming weeks. From sewing mittens to making snow globes, your child will work with their hands and leave with a craft. Visit pineconesandneedles.org to learn more and to register. Join Mr. Vinny for an interactive, silly, and surprising puppet experience on Friday, December 27th at 10.30 a.m. in the assembly room at the Belmont Public Library. Kids will help tell the story of the three little pigs in the Big Bad Pineapple and then play What's That Shadow? Recommended for ages three to nine. The Payson Park Music Festival invites you to an afternoon of fun with music by the Reminiscence at the Beach Street Center on Friday, December 27th from three to five. Entertaining audiences since 1973, the band specializes in music from the 50s through the 90s. Bring your family, friends, and neighbors out for dancing and singing along to some great music for all. Share some of your fondest memories from, the, from 2019. Enjoy the company of others and bubbly beverages and snacks for a New Year's Eve celebration at the Beach Street Center on December 31st at 1.15 p.m. After the toast, you will enjoy a screening of the original 1960s version of Ocean's Eleven, starring Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Angie Dickinson. Donations toward food and beverages are appreciated. The Public Library's Book Club continues into 2020. The first discussion of the year will be on The Widow's War by Sally Gunning on Wednesday, January 15th. Belmont Books Discussion meets on the third Wednesday of every other month at 3 p.m. in the Flat Room. That's it for this week's Community Calendar. If you would like to have your information featured in a future Community Calendar, please email fred at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. This is the last edition of the Belmont Journal for the year. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton, wishing you a happy holiday season. I will see you again in the new year.